Amen. Good morning, church. It is awesome to see you this morning. If um, you see the announcements are kind of long, and uh, that's because we have a lot going on in the church. But all of those things are, are centered around the Word of God. We, as a community of believers, cannot just come to church on Sunday morning and believe that that is um, going to be all uh, it is to be part of a family. We have so many things going on. One of the things that I'm super excited about is the events that we have uh, meaning a uh, men's breakfast every month or women's brunch and Bible study once a month is the percentage of people that are coming out. That is so important. And not only the percentage of people that are coming out are high, but they are bringing people with them. So what that says is, is I value what's going on here, so I'm going to be there. And also, I think it's important, and someone that I love or care about, I'm going to invite them to come out also. So always look online, always listen to the announcements, and be a part of the things that are going on in the family of, of Christ, in our local body, because whether it be Bible study, a lot of hard work goes into the preparation of those things, and you are actually missing out because uh, when I'm preaching, I like to hear amen, hallelujah, preach, brother, but you can't start asking me questions. When, when we have Bible study, we break apart the word. We have gifted teachers. Um, Frankie is doing a great job in the series that he's doing. When we have... When we have the women or once a month and Brittany breaking apart the word, and even yesterday we had a men's breakfast. And, and there are people here that have gifts in them that people are unaware of. So Manny was our speaker yesterday, and Manny is our sound guy. Manny's our sound guy. He works here during the week at the church, keeping the place up and running. But what a word he had for us yesterday. We had a tremendous time. I've already prayed with Manny and spoken to Manny, and he's already done things at youth. But afterwards, people that have been in this church 15, 20 years, and Manny's been here that long, came to me and said, I did not know he had that in him. There is so much in the body of Christ and how God wants to use those things. So remember to look at the website, at the calendar, and make yourself available um, for those things because it will be so enriching and important in your spiritual life. All right, commercial over. So we're going to continue in our series that we started last week, Beyond the Natural. And one of the things I was thinking about this morning is at my house, I have three different sheds. 
in the small shed, there are um, toys. So that's the smallest shed because we do a lot more work than we do play. So it has like bicycles in there, it has golf clubs, it has skateboards for when the boys were around, but that's the small shed. And then I have another shed that's medium size and it has all my tools in it and I have every kind of tool imaginable because we bought a handyman special and for the last 24 years, we've just been working on it. And my wife likes things to be pristine. And she watches the Home and Garden channel, so she always has ideas. So we're always building something or fixing something. And if we're not building something or fixing something, she's talking to me about why I'm not building something or fixing something. And then we have our big shed that has like the garden tractor and all the tools that are in there to take care of the yard. And as I started looking at all the stuff that I had in there, I realized some of the stuff I use often and some of the stuff I use once in a while, but in thinking about why they are in there, it is because we do the best we can to be self-sufficient. We do the best we can not to have to borrow something from somebody or not to need someone or ask other people for stuff. And if we're going to ask someone for something, often um, we want to make sure at some point we can reciprocate so it won't be like I owe you, right? Or you like have one over on me. And, and I recognize a being self-sufficient is a really big part of, of who we are and the people we do get to feel comfortable about asking for someone for something really depends on the relationship, right? The deeper the relationship, the more familiar, familiar you are with someone, the more apt you are to ask them for a favor, whether it's to help you do something or to lend you something, uh, but it's because of the relationship. Today, we're going to speak about the supernatural power of prayer. Because prayer is so important. It is the, a vital part of our Christian walk. And I would like us to turn in our Bibles to James, uh, chapter 5. I'm reading out of the CSB. And we're going to be reading from verse 12 down to verse 20. So if you don't mind, stand with me for the reading of God's word. I love the book of James because the book of James is, is one of those books of uh, if, if you're going to be a Christian, then be a real one. That, that, that's what the book of James is about. It's a practical book on how you live this out. So let's look at what the word of God says. Starting at verse 12, it says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes mean yes and your no mean no, so that you won't fall under judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? 
he should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call on the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. Brothers and sisters, if any among you stray from the truth, and someone turns him back, let that person know that whatever ter- that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Father, we thank you for, for forgiving our sins and giving us access to your throne because of the finished work of Christ. We ask, Lord, that as we are invited in, Father, that you would do such a work in us, Lord, as we are in your presence, as we sit under your word, Lord, as we petition you, Lord, to be drawn close to you, Lord, to take care of our needs, Lord, to give us our daily bread, that you would do what only you can do. We thank you that we have a community of believers, a house where we can come and worship you and to break apart your word and receive from you because it is life for us, Lord. So do a work in us this day, Lord. Be glorified, Lord, and, and show us truths deeper than we've known before. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So again, we're going to be speaking about prayer. And prayer is personal communication with God. Um, prayer consists of a lot of things. There are different ways that we pray uh, from our requests, our petitions for ourselves, even for others. Sometimes our prayer is a, a confession of sin, um, adoration, praise and thanksgiving. Um, all of these things are prayer. Prayer is also God communicating to us, indications of his response, where God, when we are in prayer, answering us. And he does that in different ways. But prayer is supernatural. You, a human, you, a creature created by God, can speak to the creator. That that is a supernatural thing. And on top of us being able to speak to God, when we speak to God, 
things happen. That that in itself is amazing. So we come to God, whether it's asking him for forgiveness, uh, petitioning him for ourselves or for someone else, uh, asking him to do something, and he hears us, and he actually responds. One of the things that's very important to recognize is, is prayer um, is not to inform God of what you need. We're not telling God something that he does not already know. Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Prayer actually expresses our trust in God. Uh, prayer deepens our trust in God, right? We, we call that faith. But we pray to God because we recognize our need for him. Not, not only things that he can provide for us, but we recognize that we were created to have relationship with him. God delights. God delights when we have an attitude of humble dependence on him. God delights in the fact that we want to communicate with him, that we want to be um, in relationship with him, that we want intimacy with him. Our dependence on God and our recognition of that is super important because it, it shows what we think about God. Let, let, let me give you an example in the natural. Um, if you have children, or if you've ever had someone that was very dependent on you, one of the things that you recognize is as they grow, as they get stronger, as they think they're smarter, Sometimes they get to a place where they think they don't need you anymore. You're sitting back there saying, I used to change your diapers, and now you are getting too big for your britches. Older people know what that means. They, they know that expression. Maybe younger people never heard that before. What are britches? That is part of like a child's development as they get older. But in one sense, for the parent, that's extremely insulting. Because usually when they're at the place where they think they don't need you anymore, that, that, that is not true. And, and, and then they go back and forth, right, like with this attitude of independence until they get in the jam, and then they try to act like that never happened, and they just come to you like, what do you mean? You're, you're my parent. As, as much as they are dependent on us, our dependence on God is so much greater 
So, so like a child or a young person that sometimes refuses to acknowledge the fact that I, I need you, parent, right, right? Having their attitude while they're living in your house. It's like you don't even, you, you still live here and you got an attitude talking about you don't need me. This is God's world. We, we need him. We need him for everything. And God is so good and gracious that even those that don't know him, that even speak against him, that act as if they're supplying their own next breath, even them, he has mercy on. But, but for his children, for us to recognize our need for God and show him our need for him, that really most of the time comes through prayer. See, because what prayer indicates is that we are convinced that God's wisdom that God's power, that God's love, that God's goodness, that God's care is there for us. So God delights in the activity of prayer. We, we just come into deeper fellowship with him. When we pray, we acknowledge, no, God, you are smarter than me. You are the one that supplies all my needs. I need to be in community and relationship with you. All that we think and feel about God is expressed in our prayers. In, in, in other words, how you pray, how often you pray, demonstrates what you really feel about God. If you seldomly pray, you are making a statement, and the statement that you're making is either I don't need you, you aren't there, or me coming to you doesn't change what's going on. And that is just not true. If we pray a little, it's because we think it produces a little. So, so if we really believe that God is all-wise and all-powerful and the one that supplies my needs, and he responds to me, we would pray often. We would pray often, and then we would also pray a certain kind of way. It wouldn't only be what you need, but it would be every part of your life because he supplies all your needs. So, so when you're down, just just like we just read, we would petition him. When, when you are joyous, you would praise him because you would recognize, no, just like I need him to supply certain things when I lack, whether it's just him being with me, whether it's uh, fixing or repairing a relationship, dealing with a circumstance, supplying something that I need, or whether it's the greatest things in my life are taking place and us giving him praise and honor and adoration and thanksgiving. All of those things express what we really believe 
about God. So, so in many ways, it's a barometer of our relationship. We can do a lot of religious activities, and, and they will give us indications on our intimacy with God, but n- not more than prayer, because prayer is that one-on-one time. Or even when we pray corporately, if we have a relationship with someone, what do we gauge that relationship on in terms of, of closeness? We, we gauge it in how we communicate, how frequent we communicate, and the level of communication, right? So some people you're just going to share niceties with. And then some people you want to know deeper, so you're going to tap into who they are and expose a little bit about who you are. So the deeper the relationship, the more that should be done. That's one of the reasons why we say come out to these events. So yesterday I was in the kitchen here cooking with the men, for the men, and Iris was there cooking And Iris and I have both been in this church for years. But it was the first time where we had just a solid half an hour doing a detail and able to talk and find out a little bit more about each other. She lives like around the corner from me. I mean, Pennsylvania around the corner, not not literally around the corner. I can't walk to her house. It'd take a while. But... The depth of our communication determines the depth of our intimacy. The type of communication we have determines our intimacy. Prayer moves God to act. That that is, just to think about that statement, that the God of the universe responds when we pray. It says that the prayers of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Some translation says the prayer of the righteous availeth much. In other words, when you pray, something happens. There's a criteria there, right? The prayers of the righteous. Well, we know that there's none righteous, no, not one but we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ that puts us in relationship to give us access to God that when we pray, things happen. Another example of that is in in James uh, chapter 4. It says, "You you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask for the wrong things to use it on whatever you want to use it for. Right? You do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask amiss. What what, what that's saying, in fact, is if you were to ask, then you would receive. But since you're not asking, then you just don't receive. Because if we're not asking, basically we're saying, hey, I, I got this covered. Okay, then have it covered. 
Sometimes even with relationships, when a person refuses to come and ask when they need something. What's that mean? That ties into pride, right? I, I, I will not ask for something. I'll just do without, or I will just um, uh, suffer through it or do the best that I can. Well, if that's how we're going to be with God. So us not asking ties into not receiving. And that also does not mean everything you ask for is good for you to receive and God is going to give you, right? So there's, there's a criteria, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But what we see here is the implication is failure to ask deprives us from what God would give us. We pray and God responds. So it says in verse 13, if anyone is suffering, he should pray. If anyone is cheerful, he should sing praises. Anyone among you sick. So, so that word in the Greek means if any of you are, are weak or if any of you are being troubled, he should call on the elders of the church and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up if he has committed sins he will be forgiven. So the expression of our faith often is in prayer. And, and this is saying to us that we are to pray in every situation and that the church as a body, we should support each other, lay hands, pray for each other, especially the leadership. Like that needs to be part of what happens when we come into community because God moves on those things, and we need to recognize that. Even to the point um, when a person is sick, it says that God will raise them up, or when they've committed sin, that their sin will be forgiven. In other words, when you're willing to, to come clean, when, when you, because there is sickness that happens, and that's what this is speaking about here, because of the things that we do. Like, there's sicknesses that sometimes just happen. There's other things we get sick because of the activity that we're involved in. Right? If you're drinking too much, you're going to have a liver problem. Right? So when we're talking about those kind of things, and, and you come to a place of repentance, and you come and you're laid hands on, and you're prayed for, that, that God will respond. Our words matter. Our words matter. So because our words matter, we need to use them wisely. The Bible says we're going to give an account for every word that we say. Our words matter because our words reveal our heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A another translation, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. What's in there has to come out. So if you really want to know what a person is about, all you really got to do is listen long enough. 
That's especially for people that want to engage in business with someone, um, determine what kind of relationship that they want to have with a person, or even if it may be like a love interest, what you need to do is sit back and listen to that person, not, not them batting their eyes. He, hear what they're saying and spend time listening, listening, listening. It's going to come out. But, but for us, the things that we say, even under our breath, even not like so um, publicly, it, it says that that's in here. So that's something that we have to, to deal with. But our words matter, so we have to use them rightly. It says in Revelation 12, how did they overcome? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony. We have to speak wisely because there is power in our words. That's why we have to rightly recognize the power that we have. Because it's either we just ignore the fact that our words have power, or sometimes we think our words have power outside of the will of God or uh, above and beyond what that actually means. So it says in, in verse 12, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no so that you won't fall under judgment. But where, where does that come from and what does that mean? In Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 33, this is Jesus speaking. This is what he said. And this is where that scripture came from when James spoke it. Again, you have heard it said to your ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oath to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all either by heaven, because it's God's throne. In other words, you ain't got the right to do that. Or by earth, because it's his footstool. That belongs to him, too. Or by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great king. It even goes as far as do not swear by your head. In other words, you don't even own you to swear by yourself. Why? Because you cannot make one single hair white or black. You don't possess that power. If we did, I don't care if my hair is white or black, I just want a little bit of hair. You know, my hair grows around here. It won't grow up here. And like even this morning, like yesterday, I'm prepping some of my sermon. I'm like telling my wife, can you cut my hair? I'm cleaning. I'll do it later. And she cut it like this morning. And it was a little bit of like a thing. And she's like, from now on. And, you know, that would all go away if I could just have hair grow even. We do not have that power. So that is very important for us to understand. It says 
that do not swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black. But let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. So, so we have limitations on what we can actually say and do. What, what we are able to do is operate as God's mouthpiece within God's will. There is great power in that. And we just read that because we said, if any one of you are sick, he should call on the elders of the church and they will pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up if he has committed sins he will be forgiven. We're not going to raise him up. It's the Lord that will raise him up. We, in our obedience, pray over the person. What ends up happening in the way that happens, that's totally up to God. But we pray with faith that God will do whatever he's going to do, not boxing him in or limiting what he can do because there is no limit to what God can do. But it's not from our own volition that these things are going to be produced because we don't have that power. You can't even change the color of your hair without putting dye in it. And, that, and that's going to come back. It says in verse 19, my brother and sister, if anyone strays from the truth and someone turns them back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. So we started out reading the scripture where it basically was saying, don't step out of the boundaries that you have because heaven's not yours, the earth is not yours, you're not even yours, so don't swear by those things. So now we're reading that you have the power through words, through your actions, to go to a brother and sister that is in sin, and because of the words that God has placed in our hearts, the words of truth from this book, that those words can turn a person that's going down the wrong path, and it has eternal value. So, so, so on one hand, there is great power in what we say but recognize who that power belongs to and who has the authority to demonstrate how that is going to play itself out. It's not us. But we are called to be God's mouthpiece. It says that Elijah was a human being as we are. In other words, same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations that we have, Elijah had those same things. And the same shortcomings that we have, Elijah has those same things. But he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, rain did not rain, rain did not come on the land. And then he prayed again, and the skies gave rain, and the land produced fruit. But if you read in 1 Kings chapter 17, when Elijah came to Ahab, he said to Ahab, as the Lord of God of Israel lives, 
in whose presence I stand. There will be no dew or rain during these years except at my command. Then the Lord came and told him, all right, this is where you're going to go. This is what you're going to do, Elijah. I'm going to provide from you at this brook, and ravens are going to come and feed you. What's very important is that Elijah did not do that on his own volition. This was not Elijah's idea. Hey, it's just not going to rain nor Elijah's right to declare or to decree anything. That's not what we are in the position to do. He received instruction from the Lord because he was in God's presence. He said, in whose presence I stand. And you know God validated that because after that, well, if it's not going to rain and I live here, it's going to affect me too. God provided for him. One of the things that we have to understand is because he stood in God's presence, he was able to deliver God's decrees. He was able to deliver what God had declared. Kings make decrees and declarations, not their subjects. Kings are in a, have the ability to do that, not their subjects. Our prayers are made effective because of the mediator that we have which is Jesus Christ. We are sinful. He is holy. We have no right to enter his presence. The Bible says, for there is one God and one media between God and mankind, the man Jesus. But it's because that we have this mediator, It is because we have this high priest. It's because our sins are covered by his blood that he took our sin and exchanged it for his righteousness that we can, what Hebrews said, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldly, boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. A new way was made. The curtain was torn. We have access to the throne room of Jesus because of what Christ did. Remember all the things that we've read in the Old Testament, the part where it's like all of these rules and regulations and dress like this and come in this way and go this far and you got to stop here and you can only go there once a year and when you go there, you better be right because you better make a blood sacrifice and offering for yourself before you go in there to make one for the people. All of that is gone because of what God has done, because of Jesus giving us that access. We need to recognize what that means to have that kind of access. But even in the natural, my son that I love cannot speak on my behalf without confirming with me what he's going to say. Doesn't have that right to determine in his own mind that he's going to speak for his father without having that discussion with his father? 
as powerful as prayer is. God moves when we pray. The results still belong to God. And if we really believe that God is all wise, that God's timing is perfect, that God is good, that God cares, that he moves on our behalf the way he determines to do it, we always have to say his best. Even in our minds, if it means I got to stay in pain a little longer. God is doing something in that. And it's for our good. It's for his glory and his perfect plan is being moved forward by him that he would even use us as his agents. That our most righteous thing is like filthy rags. But, but we belong to him. So we need to walk in the authority that God has given us. But we also need to recognize when we pray, when we have that access to God, it is for us to do his will. And our will needs to be in line with his. When we say, and we all do this, when we pray, and how do we end our prayers besides amen? In the name of Jesus. Right? That's, that's what we say. That, that, that means something. It, 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 we probably use it far too often, as important as it is, that we're just like kind of attaching it to the end of our prayer instead of thinking through what that really means. To come in someone's name is to come in their authority. Right? When we say in the name of Jesus, we are coming in the authority of Jesus Christ and not our own authority. So, so we need to get that straight. But also, in, in the ancient world and even now, when, when we say a person's name, it reflects their character. It reflects who they are. It, it speaks about everything about them. So, yes, we come in the name of Jesus in his authority that he has given us. But we better make sure that what we're coming his authority with in our minds lines up with who he is. Not who we want him to be, not the way we want it to go, but who he is. So when we are speaking about someone's character, it's to have a good name means to have a good reputation. So when we say in the name of Jesus, we are praying in his authority, but we are praying things that are consistent with his character. Those things that would represent his holy will. You can come up, worship team. Prayer is something that we could do a whole series on. And maybe one day um, we will. But us understanding how prayer is supernatural, that we are able to go into the throne room of God, and when we pray, it matters. And even that there is so many components to it. Because first and foremost, we have to pray according to his will. The Bible is very clear about that. We also have to pray with faith. 
recognizing that we're asking or we're petitioning God or we're asking for forgiveness or sins or communing with God that we have faith that he hears us and that he responds. There's even a faith in what his answer is. I'm good with that. Right? Because it may be immediate. It may be not now. It may be that's not going to happen and I'm going to have to get your mind right. But faith will let us know, no, that's exactly the way it should be. Prayer is something that we do also out of obedience. We are called to communicate with God. We were made for God and to worship God. So it is part of obedience. Prayer has to involve the confession of sin. Right, We continually have to go to God, and there's many components to us praying. One is just recognizing who he is and speaking that to him. Another is recognizing who we are and coming clean when we present ourselves to him. Another is petitioning him for the things that we need. And he also says, if you're going to come to me and you're looking for forgiveness and knowing that I've also, as my child, forgiven you for your sins because of the blood of Jesus, then you better make sure you've forgiven others. Right? We, we have to come to him making sure we have a heart of forgiveness. We also have to come to God humbly. Just like I mentioned earlier, sometimes we don't ask or we'll do without because, I, you know, I'd rather just do without before I humble myself and say that I'm in need. When we are approaching God, we recognize that he is the king of the universe. And, and everything about him, everything about his character, everything that I would even have access to him. Just make a, an appointment with not even with the president, with the senator. Tell him you want to see him this afternoon. We can go into the throne room of God. He not only hears us, let's say you could get that appointment. How's the senator going to respond to your request? Whatever his agenda is. We also have to continue to pray. We have to pray without ceasing. So there are things that we pray for and we pray for and we pray for, whether it's a stubborn habit, whether it's coming back and asking forgiveness for the same thing because we fail, whether it's for a lost loved one, whether it's for a situation that hasn't been rectified, whether it's for a health issue that may be lingering, don't give up. Keep praying. And sometimes, with some of those things, God may answer, like he did to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, that's going to stay there because it's better for you for it to stay there. And that situation when Paul said that, it was to keep Paul humble. So whatever affliction he had, humility in his life far outweighed God lifting that thing from him and him being prideful. It showed his dependence on God 
in that area to be able to bear it. When we pray, we have to pray earnestly. Like sometimes I'm praying and I'm just like praying and I'm like there. And then sometimes I'm praying with, with my wife or, or someone else and, and somewhere along the way I start to drift. Like, like that happens, that's not just me, right? That happens to all of us at times. We need to pray earnestly, recognizing who we're speaking to in the access that we have. We have to wait on the Lord. So, so in other words, when we pray and lay out our requests and let these things be known, don't just, okay, get started on that list for me there, God. No, no stay, stay in his presence. Spend time with him and worshiping, being sensitive to the impressions that he lays on your heart. And, and for a response. We also, at times, have to pray with fasting. Intense supplication before God, whether it be for intercession, whether it be for repentance, whether it's because I'm worshiping you, or sometimes it's because we're seeking direction, that, that we have to fast and pray and set that time aside. Nothing else is more important but this. What we want to do right now before we close is pray for those that, that need a touch. Um, that we would lay hands on your bodies for whatever's going on, maybe spiritually, emotionally, mentally, a situation that you may have something that you need to repent for, even if it's repenting on God, I've recognized that I'm not praying. I'm going through these exercises, but I'm not spending the time you require. I'd like you to line up in, in the front here and ask the, the leadership and to come up, um, Jesse and, and deacons, um, to come and, and we want to lay hands on you and pray for the needs that you have. It says, if anyone among you is sick, he should call on the elders of the church, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So if you want to be prayed for and hands to be laid on you, please come up and we will pray for you. Thank you. Everything I 
Christ is my reward. Christ is my reward and all of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, through every trial, my soul will sing, no turning back. I've been set free, I've been set free. Christ is enough. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in everything. Everything I need. I've decided. Decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. I've decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turn. Cause Christ is enough. Yes, Christ. Stand and sing together.
Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that even when we praise you, we just sing, let it be a sweet sound in your ear, Lord. Father, we ask that you would forgive us, Lord, for not spending the proper time with you alone, Lord. Worshiping you, Lord, praising you, Lord, laying our petitions before you, Lord. And having such a trust, such a faith that you hear us, that you care, that you're moving. Not our will, but yours be done. Not our timing, but your perfect timing. You, you provide a way out of no way, Lord. It is when we pray to you that you snatched us out of darkness and brought us into the light of your son. What can you not do, O oh God? You are the maker of heaven and earth, Father. You are the one that gives us every breath. You're the one that knows every thought. Let us walk out of here recognizing the supernatural power of prayer that we could meet with our God, that he cares, that he hears us, that he responds, that he helps us, that he's changing us. Being in your presence changes us, oh God. We thank you for that. We thank you, we thank you that the good work that you started, that you're going to bring to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Be glorified in each one of our hearts, Lord, our King and our Maker. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please join us in the lodge. If not, come out for Wednesday night prayer. Come out for Bible study. We'll see you 